Julie Van Warmer again, and you're listening to a special bonus season of Unshaken called Unshaken Moms. These are all talks that were given at our Mom to Mom ministry that happens monthly at Christ the Word Church. Both this podcast and the Mom to Mom ministry are ministries of the Women of the Word ministry at Christ the Word Church just outside of Toledo, Ohio. Be sure that you subscribe to Unshaken on your favorite podcast directory so that you're able to get all the notifications that come out of each episode that drops. Our regularly scheduled season drops every Thursday, and this season also drops right along with it on Thursdays. Hey, you can reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions or any thoughts or ideas you'd like to hear about on the podcast. I would love to hear from you. So today we're going to jump into a talk called Increasing Intimacy. Now, I have to tell you right off the bat that you might think of that word, intimacy, and your brain may go in one specific direction. But let me tell you that today we're going to hear about all kinds of ways that we can increase intimacy in our marriage. Of course, the way you're thinking is going to be on the list, but there are many other ways that actually we can increase intimacy. Actually, today we're going to hear five ways to increase intimacy in our marriage. It's going to be a great talk given by Kylie Ursham, and I'm really excited that you get a chance to hear this talk. I have to say that no matter where, whether you've been married one year, 10 years, 50 years, I think every woman listening will find something that they can work on in this talk. So let's jump right in to Kylie Ursham sharing with us about how you and I can increase intimacy in our marriage. this is something that might not immediately apply to all of you right now, um, but it's, it's good stuff. Sarah said it's good stuff, so we're going to go with that. So um, this is actually something that I uh, really delight in. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about my love story. Um, Bill, my husband, and I met when we were, I think I was a week shy of 15, so we were on the younger side. Um, and we started going together, and what that meant was um, writing notes and calling each other on the phone. Um, we went to different schools, and I was too young to date, so um, I was actually talking to my children last night about this, the beginning of this talk, and I talked about writing Bill with um, snail mail, <laughs> and they said, what's that? And Bill said, well, you put an envelope on a stamp and you mail it and it takes a couple days. And Ben looked at us and said, why would you do that? Why didn't you just email each other? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not going the way I... So you all understand snail mail. Um, we, uh, I think because of that, we um, quickly became best friends and um, we became um, inseparable. We uh, went through um, high school together, separate schools, but when we weren't in school, we basically were together anytime my parents would allow it. <laughs> um, I am thankful for that now, but um, we went to college together. Bill's dad said, I want you to be a nurse, and so I said, well, I guess I'll be a nurse. <laughs> uh, I had no idea what a nurse actually even did at that point. I'd never been around a hospital, and, um, but Bill was going to be a nurse, and I thought, okay, I can do that too. Um, we uh, graduated from college and got married at 21, and we bought our first house, and um, it was a little farmhouse on some acreage, and we started raising animals, and um, life was very easy. It was all about him and me, and 
Um, if I wanted to do something, he said, sure. If he wanted to go out to eat, I said, sure. You know, there was no major deci decisions and um, craziness in our life at that time. We um, went to Jamaica. We went on a 10-day cruise. I can't even imagine that now. But um, we went to Cancun a couple times. And like I said, it was easy, fun, and simple. And um, then we decided that we wanted to have a family. Um, I was 25 when uh, our first child was born. And um, our first three children were fairly close together. Um, we had three children, three and under, and we were done. We had a garage sale, and we tried to sell things, and um, nothing sold, and we donated it all away. And um, we were a little bit um, crazier in life. Uh, our marriage was still solid, but um, the focus wasn't so much about me and him, as you can imagine. Um, I forgot what it meant to love my husband as my priority over playing kissy face with my babies. I love to kiss on babies. Um, plus, there was no manual um, related to raising these babies. And between balancing work and laundry and dishes and job and budgets, and you get the point. I, um, I knew very little about biblical order or much about um, the Bible at all at that point. We, um, like I said earlier, we were three and done. We were happy with our two, three children and trying to get order back in our lives. And that's about the time that God softened our hearts. And he um, put in us a desire to know him and his word. And we were actually invited to a small group study through this church. And um, immediately upon entering their home, we noticed the joy and love and um, the difference in godly families and marriages, and we wanted that. So um, we saw love between spouses with more than 2.5 kids, you know, um, and we started seeking biblical advice and friendships, and our good marriage started turning into a great marriage. So be encouraged with what God does in your own marriage when you're seeking after his ways and not your own. We now have two more children, um, so that makes five, if you're, if you're counting. Um, and on Mother's Day, I think of that small group study, and I think of um, the women in that group. And I'm so thankful to um, have known their love and friendship and teaching and their godly examples. And in some ways, I have them to thank for two more critters in my house. So I... Um, I'm glad to stand here today to tell you to be encouraged. Marriage is a wonderful gift from God, and it's meant to be that. It's meant to be wonderful. Um, so how do we strive to make our marriages wonderful? By loving your hubby first. So at the top of your handout, there is a list of um, husband's basic needs. It should be on the back of your sheet. It's one through five. I think uh, it says one through six, but there's, if you look at it, one through five. Um, I call this the what makes him feel loved list. Now, this list is not developed by me. I'm not an expert in that category that I can come up with these um, five awesome things. It's actually a list that um, they did a survey of thousands of married men. And of the men that they surveyed, the top five needs are listed here in order of priority. 
to them. So this is from the man's perspective, which I thought was pretty important. So number one was sexual fulfillment, of course. Recreational companionship, physically attractive wife, domestic support, and admiration. So we're going to work in reverse order. To show love to your husband, it is important to know how your husband feels loved, right? It can be easier to know that you love your husband. I think we can all raise our hands today and say, yes, I love my husband, for the most part, right? Um, It can be easier to know that you love your husband than to actually show him, which often requires action and intention. So let's start with admiration. To show someone admiration is is to show respect and warm approval. The Bible's clear that a wife is to show respect to her husband. Showing respect to your husband is evidence of your love for him and your trust in him and God's plan and acceptance of God's command. We respect our husbands to equip them, to encourage them, and to bless them. Respect and honor actually builds your husband up. What does this look like practically? First of all, our words are very powerful. We should be purposeful to say things to our husbands on a daily basis that are positive and building. Be his biggest fan. Cheer him on. Send him a text. Or, you know, in my case, when we were dating, it was snail mail. Send him a text that says simply how grateful you are for his provision how great he looked this morning when he left for work, how much you appreciated his company last evening. You get the point. Say nice things to him daily. Proverbs 10.32 says, the lips of the godly speak helpful words. Speak those helpful words to your husbands. And on that note, don't speak of your husband's faults and mistakes to others. Avoid tearing down your house with your words. Belittling your husband brings glory to no one. Keep your thoughts and words of your husband positive and train your heart towards the love and respect that God calls you to have for your spouse. A gentle and quiet spirit is a beauty that comes from the inside and it radiates to the outside. It's seen by God as precious. It's a beauty that does not fade or grow old, so keep your words in check. Are they words of a gentle and quiet spirit spirit radiating beauty? How about other practical ways to show respect? Be careful of your nonverbal cues and behaviors. And this is going to look different in um, every relationship. My husband, when we have family get-togethers, I tend to have fun and laugh and, you know, kind of go all over and play cards and, you know, do stuff with his or my family. And what he actually prefers is that once in a while I just remember him and come and stand by his side and put my hand on his shoulder or, you know, um, show some sort of relationship to him when we're amongst others. Um, It could be something like cooking rice and beans because there's not any money in the budget and you put supper on the table and you say, well, you don't have any money in the checking, so this is what you get. Or you say, honey, there's not a whole lot left in the budget this week. I made rice and beans and we're going to make it through this. And I added some extra spices to it. (laughs) You know, it just, um, every circumstance is different. But just be mindful of your nonverbal cues to your husband. Defer to your husband even in the little things. My husband really likes long hair. And, um... I like to mix things up. 
And about every third time that I see my mom, my mom says to me, Kylie, why is your hair so long? You need to have Linda cut it. <laughs> but because my husband likes my hair long, I tend to have longer hair. It's little things like that of deferring to him and his choices that really make an impression with him. So speak highly of your husband in public. Honor your husband even in simple things. When, um, when people don't consider the agenda that I've set, I feel disrespected. This is the same for my husband. When I don't honor where he's leading our family. He might say, I want to have a football party today, and we're having 30 people over. Well, lace up your boots and get the chips and salsa out because you need to make that happen. Um, you know, it's, it's all a way of honoring your husband and his um, leadership. Allow and encourage your husband to plot the course for your family. It can be hard for your husband. Sometimes as wives, we can think that we know best and that there's no way but our way. We can get pretty bossy and protective of the path we've laid. But God's word says that we should value and defer to the wisdom and the perspective of our husbands. So encourage and support him. You could say something like, I really liked it when you led family devotions last night, or I really liked it when you um, disciplined the children. I really liked it when you put the kids to bed early last night. It gave us some alone time, and you know we really needed that. Make sure that the children know that they can't play you against your husband and that the spousal relationship is a priority in your home. Your marriage comes before your children. When Bill is speaking to me, the children are not to be interrupting. And since I'm a nurse, there better be a lot of blood before they come and interrupt me. Um, you know, if they need a Band-Aid, that can wait. If they uh, need to go to the ER, interrupt. Um, but my focus is on Bill and showing the kids that they can wait and um, that, you know, that's not that pressing teaches the children to respect him as well. Kids actually desire to see this order in your home. They also desire to see the solidness and love and joy between their father and mother. So train your children to respect their father and be blessed by that. Avoid making comparisons of your, of your husband to other husbands. This actually only sets your husband up for defeat and it tears him down in your thoughts and in your heart. Protect against this and guard your heart because your husband is a gift from God and the one that your heart is to love and respect. So find out what makes your husband feel respected and work on it. Just delight in showing your husband respect. Okay, so we're going to move to um, domestic support. As Christian wives and mothers, we are called to wear many hats. Our plates can be very full. Our love and admiration for our husband can get hidden in the laundry and the dishes and um, cleaning the house, mopping, disciplining, training, diapers, schooling, and all the other tasks that come our way throughout our days. But this is what God has called us to do, and he wants us to do it cheerfully. This cheerful tone should start with your relationship to your husband. Do you remember when you were dating and your husband and you would smile at you, you would smile at your husband like he had like hung the moon, that winning smile? Or you would meet him eagerly at the door when he was courting you. Now imagine some years have 
gone by since you were courting and dating, there's been some adult responsibilities that were added in, maybe a home that needs maintained, cars that sometimes break down, stressful job situations, and then children, the ultimate. This means diapers, crying babies, discipline issues, nursing mom, little pukers at 3 a.m., and 3.30, and 4.30, and many changes in linen, distractions, and can we say chaos at times? If we are not careful, where does that smile like they've hung the moon go? Well, at my house, it goes out the back window of my minivan, and that's not good. So in our homes, work heartily as if working for the Lord. Manage your home well. We serve a God who is holy, righteous, and orderly, not chaotic. Make your home peaceful. Train your children to be respectful and obedient. And encourage an environment of peace, joy, and rest for your husband so that he looks forward to coming home. And when he comes home, greet him at the door. I once heard a story about, a true story about a father who, you know, went to work every day and he came home and he said repeatedly, every day when he got home, the only thing that greeted him at the door was the dog. (laughs) You know, he's so excited to see this dad coming home and um, everybody else just routinely went around their own business and he might have not even had a hello at the door. Um, That would be so disheartening to a husband and a father. So train yourself and your children to cheerfully greet your husband at his arrival. One of my favorite memories from childhood is watching my grandma meet my grandpa at the door, and he'd say, give me a smooch. (laughs) I guess that's what they called it back then. Um, And my husband and I actually were reminiscing about this memory when he mentioned to me that timing is everything. And I naturally thought he was talking about the smooching, (laughs) but he went on to say this. The last thing a husband wants to do when he comes in the door is hear of all the problems that need taken care of or, you know, the child that gave you craziness all day that needs disciplined or what have you. Um, He said, "Even, even a broken water heater can wait. And that's how important the peace of the tone of the house is to an arriving husband. Because I'm thinking no hot water heater is a huge issue. Like I'd be calling him on his way home issue. And he's thinking that could have waited 30 minutes. So be careful of the tone of the house when your husband's coming in. Speaking of everything, treat your man like he is your everything and give him your winning smile. Love him with your eyes and your speech and tame your tongue and speak only good of him. Avoid nagging and dripping. Make him smile like you did when you were dating. Be interested in his days and be praying for him often and let him know that. There is so much power in praying daily for your husband. Pray for him and see what God does. In fact, praying for your husband makes it much easier to avoid holding on to offenses, which we all should not do. We all sin and fall short. And I thought, speaking from a farm farm wife's example, here's a quote that showed... um, A neat example of love covering all offenses. Love is the thing that enables a woman to sing while she mops up the floor after her husband has walked across it in his barn boots. Not that my husband would ever do that. (laughs) But pray that you have a soft heart toward your husband and you can be a woman who lets go of offenses quickly.
Physically attractive wife is the next topic that the men in the survey chose. If you don't already know, men are visual in a way that I will totally never be able to comprehend. After all the talks I've had with my husband about this, I have come to the understanding that I won't be able to ever understand this totally. Our minds weren't make, made to, to work the same, praise the Lord. But the point still stands. A husband wants to be pleased by his wife, by her looks, whether at home, in church, in public, or in the bedroom. And here's the kicker. Your husband most probably finds your body much more attractive and sexy than you do. Ask him and communicate. You will be surprised. Another shocker is your attitude is a very important part of how your husband views your attractiveness. A wife who dresses and wears her hair to please her husband and remembers to flirt with your husband <laughs> meets a need that is deeply rooted in him. My husband worked in the ER at Toledo, and um, it could be a questionable group that he would work with. He'd come home with some weird stories sometimes. Um, but he was always amazed by the women that would be going through divorce. And shortly after, through their divorce, they would start taking care of their bodies more. They'd start dressing more appealingly. They'd start flirting with the men in the ER. And he always said to me, what would have happened might it have been different if they had done those things for their husbands? You know, if we're flirting with our husbands and we're dressing to please our husbands, might things have been a little bit different? Does this mean that I'm telling you that you can never walk around in your frumpy, comfy clothes in front of your husband? No. But a habit of preparing yourself for your husband is more important than preparing yourself to go to Walmart. In fact, you can go to Walmart dressed any way you possibly want. You might, you've seen the emails. <laughs> so um, find out what pleases him and make that your usual. I often walk around in my robe all day. I live out in the country and nobody comes and sees me without calling because it's a distance to drive. Um, I've forewarned my sister-in-law who does live near me that sometimes I mop the floor in questionable clothes. So she, she, she always calls too. But um, so my point of that is I, I don't get myself done for the day. I, I wear yoga pants that I would never wear to Walmart or anywhere else. Um, but I delight actually in taking a shower and not dressing to go out to dinner, but dressing up a little bit for my husband before he comes home from work. It's a way of preparing my heart to delight in his arrival. And when I first started doing this, it would be usually like, I don't know, somewhere between four and seven o'clock in the evening. And my little ones would come up to me and say, mom, where are we going? Where are we going? You know, thinking they're going to Trisha's house or grandma's. And um, I would say, no, our daddy's coming home. And they would look at me like, okay. Moving on. So prepare yourself for your husband in, in that way. Recreational companionship. So this is the fun part. You need to have fun with your husband. He feels loved when you're enjoying his company, and it's fun. A husband desires a confident lover and friend who helps make life more exciting. Are you all mom and no wife? And that's a tough one. I have to check myself with that. Am I all mom and no wife? 
There are all sorts of little things to do to spice up your relationship and have fun. Even the kids will enjoy their dad and mom having fun. One of Bill's, the kids asked me not to tell this part, but one of Bill's favorite thing is he'll like, I'll be washing dishes and trying to get the, the kitchen cleaned up and I've got soap dripping off my hands and he'll push me into the pantry and close the door and the light turns off when you close the door. And the kids will be laughing and giggling because they know he's in there kissing me and they'll try to peer through the little, you know, window things that you can see through and um, they have a ball with that and I can either decide to let go of my agenda and not worry about my hands dripping on the floor and um, have fun with him, you know, or I can tear him down by saying, I'm, I'm trying to do the dishes, you know, and, and sometimes it's hard to let go of my agenda, but it always ends up being a fun time. So if you don't have a pantry, go behind the curtain, <laughs> go around the corner, you get the idea. Date your husband, date your husband, date your husband. And this is going to look differently in every relationship and, and at different stages in your life. From the outside in, somebody would look at my relationship with my husband and say, you never date your husband. You know, you don't, you don't date your husband. Dating your husband looks differently in all stages. Um, a date does not always mean that you're going out to dinner and there's no children involved and you have a delicious dessert in front of you and you're staring at each other's eyes. I, I, I want that, I do. <laughs> but it's not the stage of life that I'm in. Um, it sounds wonderful. Last week, or actually it's been a couple weeks now since I've written this part, um, we, were, we tucked the children in bed and um, I was trying to get the kitchen cleaned up because it becomes a disaster in 5.2 seconds. And um, my husband said to me, let's go outside and feed the sheep together. <laughs> and I was thinking, feed the sheep. Um, so it was actually a beautiful night. There was, there was, um, the weather was beautiful and I was like, okay. So we got dressed up and um, went outside and um, started feeding the sheep together and feeding the dogs. And you know, that's not all the excitement here, people. We, there was snow, there was light, light snow coming down, the moon was out, um, it, the evening was bright, and we walked, not only did we feed the sheep, but we walked glove and glove down a thousand foot long driveway with the garbage behind us, and we were laughing and um, reminiscing and enjoying our time together with no children, and that, I know that sounds real exciting, right? But to us, it, was, it felt like a date. Um, Walking the garbage out without children can feel like a date. I, I attest to this. Um, this companionship of going outside with my husband to do chores is something that he loves for me to do. What would your husband like you to do with him? We can't all feed sheep. You know, you can't come over to my house and take my story and feed my sheep and it become a date. <laughs> Um, I've talked to a friend who um, sits in a deer hunting stand, and if you know anything about deer hunting, there's all kinds of rules involved. You, your clothing can't have any scent on it, so you have to hang it outside forever, and you know your laundry soap is gone, and you can't make noise. You got to get out in the woods before the deer are awake, or else they scare them out. There's rules that I don't even know about. Um, but this friend of mine, her husband wanted to just be in a deer stand together. Could they talk? No. Can you imagine how difficult that would be? <laughs> they couldn't talk. She couldn't move. 
Um, but her husband felt loved just by her being in that deer stand together, um, just doing something that he liked to do with her. Um, let's see. There's also a family of, um, a deer family that I know of that has a family fun night, and it's pretty rock solid. It happens routinely, it's scheduled in, and not much happens that, you know, disrupts this routine. And it's a night that's scheduled in, and it's to focus on family times, promoting unity and joy. And to this day, they have children that are married now and still come back on that Monday evening, and they have this fun, close family time, and it's just wonderful. And I think what a delight it is for a husband to see his wife and children enjoying him and each other. So have fun. Start now and schedule it in. And now for, of course, the priority rank number one, physical intimacy. I was actually reading this to my husband, and he said, wait a minute, I don't feel love. That's not my number one loved way by feeding the sheep together. And I, he's like, it's the physical intimacy. So, you know, it's not just sheep. <laughs> so here's number, number one. Genesis 2.4 says... For this cause, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Physical intimacy results in this oneness. This is the number one way a husband feels loved by his wife. Coming together physically and becoming one. When I first came to this church, I was clueless about meeting my husband's needs. In fact, I hadn't even told him, Honey, I think you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> Um, I, I had no idea. As far as compatibility in our marriage, we were like two peas in a pod in everything except this very important area. I couldn't understand how the man's desires worked, and I still can't. But with more open communication, knowledge, and action, I reap the benefit of a happily satisfied husband. Think of it this way. Sex may be to a husband what conversation is to a wife. Now imagine your husband deprives you of conversation for days or worse yet weeks. You coexist together, you eat together, you wake together, um, you do all the things that a marriage does but you never speak. This is similar to depriving your husband of intimacy for days or weeks. Even for a godly and faithful husband, this is dangerous, and it will have ill effects on your relationship. 1 Corinthians 7.3 says, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to, her, to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. This is pretty clear. Do not deprive so that Satan won't be able to tempt our world is so visually tempting, especially to men. 
you can't check out at Walmart. I'm sorry. Walmart's the only town or only store in my town. So you can't <laughs> check out at Walmart without seeing numerous scantily clothed women with sensual poses and eyes peering back at you from the magazine covers or any supermarket. Visual temptations are everywhere. But if your husband is fulfilled sexually at home, this significantly impacts their ability to turn their eyes away from the temptations of this world. It's a way of protecting our husbands. And it's a gift that we give them so that they won't be tempted to sin. So you are a very important part of protecting your husband from temptations. That's a big cup that we fill. Encourage him to delight in you. In Proverbs 5, it says, Husbands are to drink from their own cistern or well. Be satisfied with their wife's body and be exhilarated always. That's always. Not once in a while. Not when I'm in the mood. Always. So how do you encourage your husband to drink from his own cistern? To be sexually satisfied. Are you warm and responsive to him? Is he your priority? Even if it means letting go of your agenda and taking a nap during the day. Um, when I was first given this piece of advice, my husband would call home and say, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just waking up from a nap. Well, then later that evening, he would know why I took a nap. Um, it's preparing yourself mentally and physically to meet his needs in the evening. If I'm too busy cleaning the house and you know, doing all these things that are good, and I'm too exhausted for him at night, it's no good for either one of us. Do you ever initiate intimacy? Husbands really desire this. They love it when they are not the initiator. It makes them feel loved and desired. And remember, they're very visual. And again, here's the bonus. Your husband most probably finds your body much more attractive than you do. So let him see it. Change out of your frumpy, comfy clothes and put something fun on instead. Your husband will be blessed, and so then will you. Have fun. A sex sexy and flirtatious attitude is much more important than we as women can ever come to understand. And most importantly, pray for the desire to meet your husband's needs. Even with all the teaching and understanding of what happens physically in a man to um, make them desire intimacy frequency or always and tons and tons of open communication with my husband, I truly stand firm in believing that it's answered prayer that has allowed my heart to change and gladly prefer my husband's needs over my own. Now remember that it is God's command to love your husband. The, the specific details of how your husband feels loved are going to be different than others. I'll go back to my sheep example. Bill feels loved by me coming outside and feeding the sheep. Your husband might find the sheep smelly, dumb, and loud. Bill would rather I stop cleaning up the kitchen and go outside and do something with him there. Your husband might feel loved by the house being perfectly clean. Leanne has mentioned in the past that her husband feels loved not by floors that she can eat off of, but by her loving on the children and doing messy 4-H crafts and homeschooling things. There are numerous little things that we can do to make our husbands feel loved. And according to this survey, 
of thousands of married men, the number one way they feel loved is by physical intimacy. This far surpasses many other ways, even feeding sheep together. <laughs> you have to communicate with your husband. Write down these five categories here today and discuss with him his thoughts. Ask him what makes him feel loved and focus on him. Talk to him openly about meeting his intimacy needs. There are so many self-help books on marriage that it's crazy. From biblically correct advice to worldly advice. So be careful where you are getting the help. Your husband is going to be your best source of finding out how he feels loved. Specifically. Use God's word. Open and often communication with your husband and even a godly woman to seek counsel in a respectful way. Meaning a woman that is going to tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. So, I want to leave you with the encouragement that marriage is a gift from God and can and should be an incredible joy to us. With God's blessing, godly teaching, and obedience to training your heart to love your husband, marriage is beautiful. I actually now so delight in loving my husband that I think to myself, wow, and heaven is so much more. Honor and obey God's word. Honor and love your husband and be blessed by what God does in your marriage. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the women in this room. I ask that you open up our hearts and our minds and help us to train our hearts to love our husbands. Give us the, um, the ambition and the desire to meet their needs and to glorify you in our marriage and all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, huh, wow. So I have been married almost 25 years, which actually seems like a really long time when I say that out loud. But actually, it feels like I just got married yesterday. I mean, really. But I have to tell you that these things that Kylie shared with us today are really important in the 25 years that I've been married. And I can tell you also, I still have work to do. And I think that it's true for any woman listening, we all need to keep working on our marriages. It is such a really important thing. And if you are married and you have children, it's also vital for your kids to see how you love and you respect your husband. So let's review real quick, you know, those five things that Kylie brought up. Okay, so number one is sexual fulfillment. And maybe ask ourselves, how's it going? Number two, recreational companionship. Like, what is it your husband loves to do? Number three, physical attractive wife. I mean, honestly, when was the last time you put on a little lipstick, okay? I know we had masks. I remember thinking, wow, I haven't worn lipstick for over a year. <laughs> but really, when was the last time you kind of got dressed up? Domestic support. Did you get laundry done this week? That blesses our husbands because they have socks clean, right? And there's so many other things. Number five, admiration. When did you thank or encourage or comment to your husband about a way that he has blessed you because of the things he does every day. Okay, so I guess I want to start off by saying which of these five things do you need to work on? Which one is the Holy Spirit encouraging you to start and think about today? I am such a big believer in starting somewhere. I think spending a little bit of time praying about this and asking God to give you direction on which thing you should start working on. And then maybe actually have a good conversation with your husband about it too. 
Hey, you could even reach out to a friend and say, hey, I need to work on this. Hold me accountable that I'm working on it. Hey, thanks for listening to this special bonus episode. Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. Mm-hmm.